Today on Run With Horses, we look at some things you can do now to prepare for ministry in the future. My name is Norman, and my goal is to help you run your race well, not just surviving, but thriving as a disciple of Jesus. You know, there are a lot of things that you can do with your life. I don't think anything compares with following Jesus and joining Him on His mission of bringing hope to the nations. Thank you for including me on your journey. Well, today we're looking at really five foundations for ministry. And by foundation, maybe that's the wrong word, but there are five areas of life that you really want to think about as you prepare for life and ministry as a follower of Jesus. I think these will be helpful to you no matter who you are, whether you're thinking about full-time ministry in the future or whether you're just someone who is contemplating next steps of following Jesus and being part of your local church. There are a lot of things that you can do now that will help you as you go forward. And that's kind of what I want to look at today. Doesn't matter how far in the future you're thinking, whether it's in a, a few months, a few years, no matter how old you are, there are always some things we can be looking at and areas where God is working in us and developing us. So as a Christian following Jesus, you know, thinking about this role of ministry in your life is really important, regardless of whether you're thinking of being a deacon or a pastor, a church planner or a missionary or a Sunday school teacher. It doesn't really matter. All of those are are roles where you're a servant, where you're helping someone else to grow. So accepting those roles really means embracing change in your own life. So these five areas, I think, will help you as you build a foundation and maintain that foundation for future service, because like all foundations, you don't leave these. You don't get away from them. You continue to build on and maintain this foundation. Well, the first one is character development. And by that, I mean, God is really growing us in our character, but we also need to be intentionally aware of what kind of character should I be developing? What kind of character should I have? What can I do to develop that character? So a big part of that is looking at Christ, looking at Jesus and his life, really getting to know him, what he taught, what he did, what as he walked this earth, how did he relate to people? And as we spend time uh, in his words, spend time in prayer and really develop this relationship with Jesus, he changes us. And if you think about it, it, this is not a hard concept because the people you hang around with, even just your friends and your family, they kind of help develop you into the person that you are. The friends you hang around with influence you a lot in ways you don't recognize. There'll be little sayings that will slip in to your your conversation that you realize, oh, that's because this group of friends say that. So now I'm saying that. Are these people value this? So now, you know, I value that. As we spend time with Jesus, we learn to value what he values. We learn to see the world as he sees it. We're changed by the people we hang around with. Spend a lot of time in God's word, spend a lot of time with Jesus, and he changes you. So one way you see that is all of us have built-in selfish desires. We we really struggle with thinking outside of ourselves. It doesn't matter what's happening, we tend to think of it and evaluate it in relation to our own life and how it affects us. So even if you want to be like Jesus, it's often hard to see our own selfish desires. Spending time with Jesus helps us to see those a little more clearly. And also gives us that desire for true humility and godliness when we contemplate and, and really dwell on passages like Philippians chapter 2 and see the humility of Christ and how he really came and served. And you see that through the Gospels and his relationship with people. 
that should build up in us a desire to live a similar life, to, to do the same thing, to have similar relationships where it's not about us and what we can draw out of that relationship, but it really is about that other person and their relationship with God and how we can be a part of their relationship and help them take steps of faith. How do we how do we do this? How do we spend time with Him? Well, we've already mentioned that you spend time with God in, in prayer uh, as we study His Word. And I think it's important when we look at Jesus that He made a special place in His life for fellowship with other people who are on the path. So He was really... <laughs> leading his disciples. He was really teaching them and training them. But he spent a lot of place. Uh, he's carved out a big place in his life for those people. And I think we have to do the same thing. We need to carve out a big place in our life for God's family and also for other people who maybe are not in God's family, but they're on the way. They're, they're thinking about it. They're on the fringes. Jesus had a special place in his heart. He had great compassion for them. He didn't bend the truth for them. He was he always spoke the truth, but he spoke it uh, lovingly, gently, kindly. You know, the rich young ruler didn't walk away because Jesus was mean to him. He walked away because he couldn't accept what Jesus asked of him. And I think that's a, a good thing for us to think about as we're developing our character. We have to bring the truth into every relationship, but the way we do it needs to be with compassion. What are those traits that we want to develop? The compassion has already mentioned. Forgiveness. Humility, patience, gentleness. Really, the summary of this, you could say the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay, these are all character traits. It's fruit of the Spirit, but these are all character traits that marked Jesus and really should mark us. And what we see in Galatians 5.22, this is the fruit of living a Spirit-filled life, of living a life that is really um, aware of the spiritual life, aware of eternal value, and evaluates who we are in our relationships and all those things through that lens of eternity and who God is and what He's doing. Second, if the first one's character traits. The second is core values, which depending on how you define these things, you might see a lot of overlap in these. But it's essential that our core values align with Jesus. If you're going to be part of ministry in his church family, you're going to be following him. You have to understand that what was important to Jesus has to be important to you. Jesus clearly prioritized certain things during his time on earth. And you see that when he's with big crowds, they're coming to him, he's healing them, uh, he's, he's teaching them. But then he pulls the disciples and said, hey, we need to go to the next town. Or, hey, we need to pull away to rest. He had certain priorities that guided what he did. So when it was time to go to Jerusalem at the end of his life and he was headed toward the cross and he clearly knew that, he didn't avoid it. That priority to accomplish God's will in his life drove him to do what was necessary even when it was hard. And our core values do that. They they drive our priorities. How do we develop those? Again, we look at what is important to God. What does he tell us very clearly that he loves and that he hates? So we try to love and hate the same things, and we try to consistently live out those priorities, those values in all of our choices. So one way to evaluate all of our life is as a series of just small choices. And those small choices reveal what you really care about. You make probably hundreds of choices every day. And taken one by one, 
they may not tell you very much. But when you look over a long period of time and see consistent small choices and you recognize, you know, I, I usually choose in this way. I usually choose this thing over that one. That tells you something about your core values. You know, when we think about something I go back to often is like our, our diet and exercise. I think it's a stewardship issue. Well, one thing that it tells me when, when I look at my life and I see a pattern over a period of, of months or years where, you know, I'm choosing not to get up and exercise. I'm choosing to have seconds or to to do these things that are unhealthy choices that are not helping me. I say, well, I've said I value stewardship and being healthy, but I'm not making these small choices over time that help me to be healthy. Well, that says something about my values, right? I, I may give lip service to them, but I'm not actually living them out. Well, take that and then apply it to every area of life. So many of us would say, you know, I believe the Bible is important. I believe God's word is true. But then we'll say, yeah, but I'm, I'm not really choosing to read it consistently. I'm not opening God's word every day. I'm not meditating on it. I'm not memorizing it. What did those choices tell us? They're choosing not to do something. Well, they tell us that maybe our core value is not right where it, we think it is or where that we say it is. If we genuinely value God's Word, then we're going to place high priority on that time. We're going to value that maybe above our own time, above watching TV, above watching the news, above listening to our favorite podcast. It doesn't matter what it is. If we put anything above God, uh, we're going to see a trickle-down effect and our core values have to reflect our eternal values. So these lifetime of small choices reveal our core values, reveal what we really care about. Thinking about ministry, and particularly those of you who are thinking about being a leader in the church, a Christian leader of any kind, whether it's a Sunday school teacher or a pastor, your priorities form an, an integral part of your foundation. So if you're teaching other people that they really need to know God's Word, but you're not really loving it and putting it above other things, now, sometimes, even as leaders, we tend to put maybe people above God's Word, above our relationship with Him. And it's great that we have the heart to serve, but if that heart to serve comes above God, that says something about our priorities and also an understanding of the sovereignty of God. Is God really in control? Okay, then I need to do what He said and pursue Him first and trust that He will do the work in other people's lives if He's calling me to correct mine. So my priorities have to be consistently in the right place. I need to make sure that my priorities align with God's. I need to make sure that in the same way that Jesus valued obedience to the Father. You know, you see, He came not to do His own will. He came to accomplish the Father's will. Uh, he, he lived that out, and you see that in His choices. You see that in the way that He lived, in the way that He was consistent in moving toward the cross. He valued uh, peace. He valued relationships. He valued faith. He valued this commitment to the ministry of reconciliation. He valued God's glory. There's this long list of things that you can see that he valued, and you can see how they marked his life and the choices that he lived and the relationships that he had. So one of the ways that we that we really understand Jesus's priorities is look at the Gospels and how he spent his time, his energy, his teaching, and ultimately how he spent his life. But the whole, the sum of God's Word, the whole Bible tells us the priorities of God. 
And often people today want to, to look at the Bible and criticize it for various things because they're not seeing the big picture. God clearly has priorities and has goals. And sometimes people are upset, for example, that the Bible doesn't condemn clearly slavery. Okay, it clearly is against slavery, but it doesn't have that teaching is not there. It's not have somebody that's preaching against slavery and very few social ills are preached against in the Bible. These things that we talk about all the time today. Um, God's standard is obedience to Him and pursuing Him. And I think, you know, it's, it's very clear what God loved and hated. It's very clear if you're, look, if you're not looking at it with this clouded lens, you can see God's priorities, God's values, and His value is this eternal you know, the, the here and now in this life, there are going to be lots of terrible things that go on. But God is calling us to the eternal, where none of those things will be there. They won't be present. We will be like Christ. We won't have these sin issues. And I think He, he dwells on those. What are the issues that we need to address that are hard issues? And what are the, the things that motivate us? And you see that God over and over uh, brings that up to His people Israel and throughout the church, that our heart is not in the right place, that something has per- supplanted God in our life. So we need to read to understand what was really important to God. What is the message he's really communicating to us? And that needs to drive our core values. The third thing is competencies are skills. As you think about life, as you think about ministry, there are lots of different things that you will do. You know, we are we're human beings and human beings do something. <laughs> so in your chosen career path, ministry path, you will do lots of different things that will require different skill sets. Well, one of the things that's helpful to us is to kind of envision and see my gifting, how God has made me, and see how that plays out in ministry and say, what are the skills that are going to help me to serve better, to use my gifts better? It can be in any number of things, depending on what direction you're going and how you're engaged in ministry already. A lot of the way that we gain insight into which skills we need is as we're serving we say, hey, I could do this better, and how can I learn? How can I grow? How can I improve a little bit in these areas? You know, if you're getting started, you may not have lots of experience. It's a little trickier. So engage with those people who are already serving in the roles that you see yourself maybe moving into one day. If you're a young man in the church, if you're really committed to Christ, you really should consider that one day you're probably going to be asked to teach. Maybe you'll be asked to be a deacon. Uh, maybe God will call you to be a pastor. There's kind of different roles that are clear in the church, and those roles might require different skills. What does it take to gain those? God may not call you into those. That's great. Those skills are still valuable. They're still helpful to you. So each role has different requirements. Um, How are you doing in preparing for whatever role that God calls you to? You know, one of the things that I've tried to do is I have some ability to direct the way that our church uh, teaches and goes forward, particularly in Japan, I, I would tell most of the men that come, say, my goal is to prepare you for pastoring, to be a missionary. You know, there's certain things that you have to do in those roles, and I think we can help you to gain those skills and help you to grow and be the believer so that you're spiritually in the right place, your faith is strong, and you have the skills so that if God calls you, you're ready. You don't wait until God calls you to get ready. You assume God wants to use me in many different ways. What are some of the skills that I can grow in? You know, as you grow spiritually, you'll gain new insight into both ministry in general and the ministry that God's calling you into. So you may see that public speaking is something you need to to develop and improve. Maybe just teaching skills in general. 
maybe it's leading a small group or leading music or even, you know, riding your, ch- your church's uh, lawnmower, you know, that's maybe not a, a very complicated skill, but it may be something you need to learn to do to serve the people around you. Okay, those are all skills that might benefit you depending on where you are and what you need to pursue God's call in your life and to make yourself available to serve. That's the heart behind this. We recognize I want to be preparing not just for things in this life. You know, think about it. How often do we spend years and years and years to prepare for a career that might last 30 years or 40 years at most? And then we have our whole lifetime in eternity to serve God, and we don't spend much effort preparing to do that well or even making any any attempt to get on that path to do that well. It helps us to be intentional, to consider God is working in me. God is calling me to glorify himself. And there are skills that are useful. Think about the church and the, the role of building up the church. Some of the skills might be not as clear. How do you encourage the church? How do you encourage people in your church family? You can answer that in all kinds of different ways. And some of that's going to go back to your spiritual gifting. What are the gifts you have? How are those gifts used to build up the church. And as you evaluate that, you may realize, hey, I could I could work on this this area a little more if I could gain a few more skills. I could use this gift better. Okay, that's a great way to personalize the skills that you need to gain to serve the church. You're asking the question, how do I use who I am, how God has made me to build up his church family? Now, the fourth area really revolves around experience you're going to have lots of different experiences in your life. Uh, That's always true. But being intentional about your spiritual life means I maybe want to pursue certain kinds of experiences. You know, if you want to be a deacon, you feel like, you know, God's really moved in my heart and that's something I can see me doing that one day. You might want to make sure that you're part of Sunday school and even church business meetings, things that might not be so exciting, but that you see the leadership of the church as part of those. You want to be aware of how those things work, of what what that looks like. If you've never gone to Sunday school before, it's going to be hard for you to jump in and do really well as a teacher. <laughs> if you've never been to a business meeting and you, and you don't go to anything except the Sunday morning service, I'm not sure you'd have a great idea of the role of the deacons and what they do and how they do it. So looking for those opportunities to be involved in things where you're going to see the role a little better from from the other side, not as one doing it, but as one who's maybe receiving that ministry or seeing and, and encouraging the people in that ministry. That helps you give it at least a little foundation to build on as you make steps of faith and, and grow in your ability to serve. It opens new doors. So being part of church life and all parts of church life really equips you with some practical knowledge which can be utilized. So I encourage you, as you think about that, the importance of different experiences, particularly for young people. It's true for everybody, but particularly for young people. I encourage you to volunteer and help out in every kind of ministry that you can possibly join, whether, you know, it's helping the food pantry or going with the youth group on a missions trip, take the opportunity to be part of all different kinds of ministry. You'll And pay attention to who's leading it and how they're leading it. What do they do well? And what do you think uh, might have been improved? And sometimes 
it's worth, maybe you see something from the other side, to go to the leader afterwards and say, hey, I saw this and I wondered if this might work better next time. I, a lot of leaders, particularly if they're humble and, and really want to grow, will appreciate it when someone comes and maybe they, they don't see everything. They, they can't because they're busy and lots of people are coming to them with immediate problems. So it's difficult sometimes to see everything that's going on. They, they can easily miss something. So I know I appreciate it when someone comes to me and says, hey, do you uh, realize what was happening over here? Maybe there's a way that we can help with that. And particularly when you do it that way, when you come in, not just with, hey, here's a problem, you should fix it, but with, hey, here's something that I noticed. And I wonder if there's a way that we can do this differently and I have some ideas or maybe I can help in this way. And Would this be helpful? And it's not to put the leader down or to threaten their leadership or anything like that. It is to come alongside them and help them to do their job better. And that helps you see some of the responsibility of that role. So all of these little little things add up. These little experiences add up. They help you see different options for using your gifts. You'll see people with various giftings in all different kinds of ministry, both on Sunday and throughout the week. And that's one, one reason it's important to recognize that the church gathering on Sunday is not the sum whole of the church and its ministry. It should be every day, all day. Each one of us are going out through our community with our, our friends, our family, our neighborhood. We're developing the ability to be salt and light. What does that look like in different people's life? See the different people with different gifts and how they live this out. That can help you clarify how your gifts can be used and how you can serve others well. So look for different experiences. The last thing is commitment. And this could either be the easiest or the hardest. You know, sometimes it's someone just has gifting and they're really good at doing some things. So the actual serving comes really easy. They're, they're good at it. It doesn't take a lot of effort, but they're not really committed to it either because it didn't take a lot of work. They didn't develop it. It wasn't because they had the heartbeat for serving others. So their commitment's not there, which means they show up sporadically or they won't accept the leadership positions because uh, they have other things they want to do. So a leader of any kind will have to demonstrate increased commitment along with increased responsibility. Now, that's something that's just super important. I know in some of the teaching I do with college kids, we help people to understand that as your influence goes up, as, as you grow as a, in leadership, your influence grows up. As your influence grows up, goes up and more people are, are examining your life and, and you're a model and they recognize that you're a model and you should recognize that you're a model, it means your options go down a little bit. You can't just do whatever you want. You have to limit yourself sacrifice becomes a real thing. So part of this idea of commitment means I'm willing to sacrifice for others. Commitment will require you to sacrifice some personal wants, some personal desires for the cause of Christ, for the body of Christ. I think without that, it, it will show a lack of commitment, and people will see that. Uh, you're not willing to give anything for for people, you're not going to show that you really care. That commitment shows that you really uh, care about people, that you're serving them, that you want their best. If they don't see that sacrifice, then a lot of people, um, you're going to lose some of your influence with them. Your, your role as a model will be more difficult because people recognize you're not committed. So 
you really have to commit to serve in small ways now. It's important to recognize that right now you have the opportunity to commit to your church, to commit to uh, individual believers and say, hey, you know, I'm committed to you. I want to help you to grow. That may be something as simple as committing to, hey, let's once a week get together and and, and pray. You're committing to a time, you're committing to a place, you're committing to an activity that's valuable to you and to them. Committing to show up at Wednesday night prayer meeting. You're showing a commitment to the church. You're showing a commitment to pray for people in your church, even the people who are not there. You're not condemning them, putting you down, putting them down. You have the opportunity to tell them, hey, we're, we're praying for you. You know, I've been faithfully here on Wednesday and we're, we're praying for you. How is this certain thing going that you've been going through. Hey, we've been praying for that. It shows a commitment. It shows a sacrifice. And I think for those of you who imagine yourself one day being a leader of some kind within the church, you have to be willing to sacrifice for the others. It's a key when I consider leaders that I would want to follow or when I consider people that I'm looking at evaluating for positions of leadership. How willing are they both to be humbled and allow others to take the credit, that's one kind of sacrifice. How willing are they to do the hard things that maybe are not going to be visible, that are not going to be recognized by everybody, but that are difficult? Or how willing are they to give up time? Uh, how willing are they to, to give up some personal wants, desires, things that would be good for them for the sake of others? I mean, that's, that's huge, particularly when we're thinking about leaders, people in the church who are um, the servants, really, to the church. So all five areas are important uh, if you're considering ministry. There, there are a lot more areas that are important, but today I thought these are all kind of, to me, foundational. Um, ultimately, you know, being like Jesus really entails living like he did, serving like he did. So if our character is is not changing and growing to be more like his, then when it gets difficult, then things like the commitment will be really hard. I mean, we're going to struggle to be committed and to sacrifice if we don't have the character of Christ. If we're, if we're selfish, if we're not really uh, humble in pursuing godliness, we're going to struggle to consistently serve others. So our character is super important. Our core values are really going to be that, that foundation that we, we live off of. We make our decisions based on what we really believe what we really understand to be true, and and the things that are important to us. So we have to be really firm in our core values. I have to understand this is important to me. This is important enough for me to commit to, going back to that one again, and to sacrifice for. This truth is important enough for me to dedicate my life to. And I think you know the gospel is worth it. The church is worth it. And when we have those, the right character and that core, then we get to the skills we understand it's worth developing some of these skills so that I'm better able to, to live out my core values, so that I'm better able uh, to serve others in a way that's, that's meaningful, that's impactful. And because we want to do that and we want to live out those skills well, we want to develop them, we look for those experiences. We look for those opportunities to serve in little ways, to learn from other people who are already doing it. So we, we follow someone else around and let them be our mentor to teach us and guide us. So we look for those experiences because we do want to live out our core values and grow in our ability to serve. And because all those other things are true, we, we commit to it. You know, we really have to put the effort in. So we have to ultimately try to live as Jesus did. Well, thanks for joining me today. 
Check out runwithhorses.net for show notes and past shows. Write me at norman at runwithhorses.net if you have questions or comments. Join our Facebook community and tell a friend if you found this show helpful. Whatever you do, keep running.